Saturday. I'm afraid my phone is rubbing around too much. Let me move it. I'm going to move it right here. Yeah, right here. Okay, I'll try not to bump it. Okay, it's Saturday, May 4th, 7.02 p.m. May the 4th be with you. Should I take the freeway or should I not? I'm going to not take the freeway on Saturday because it could be very busy on Saturday. I'm going to go residential streets up to the mall to the Cheesecake Factory where I have placed a to-go order for Heather, Emma, and I. I am trying the pork belly sliders for the first time. It just kind of sounded good. Now what they have on the pork belly sliders is coleslaw and barbecue sauce and fried pickles. And I was like, I don't know about this, but God, the name pork belly sliders just sounds so good. I've got to try it. Emma, she got spaghetti and meatballs. Heather, she got some macaroni, fried macaroni. Basically, she's going to eat Emma's spaghetti and meatballs because Emma doesn't eat large portions, so they always share. Heather and I passed on the... We passed on the cheesecake for dessert, but Emma is getting the... What is it again? The chocolate mousse cheesecake, which is friggin' delicious, by the way. So anyway, we're celebrating. My wife just got a new job. We didn't want to eat out, though. We're going to stay in and watch some hockey and stuff. Go Stars. Stars don't play tonight. They play tomorrow. But they had a huge win last night, which is awesome. So excited for the Dallas Stars. It's been a long time since we've been in the playoffs. And we're in the second round right now versus the St. Louis Blues. I have nothing against the St. Louis Blues. I just don't want them to win. <laughs> well, guys, I feel so terrible that I haven't done a podcast lately. So this is my car cast, if you will. Jason's driving and he's talking while he's driving to the mall. I've seen so much, guys. I saw Shazam. Thought it was fun. Thought it was a lot of fun. Zachary Levi, he was born to play that role. A child in a superhero's body. The movie is a lot of fun, and it seems family-friendly, but then it doesn't. There are parts that are really scary with the bad guy. Um, Mark Strong, he plays the bad guy, and he controls these demons. And at one point, he has the demons massacre a room full of people. And there's no blood, but a guy gets his head bitten off. Another guy gets thrown out a window screaming as he falls to his death. So it's a little messed up claiming this is a family movie for kids. Now, I, you know, my daughter's a teenager now, so it didn't face her, but she was just like, dude, and I was like the same way. Yeah, that seemed like a little much for a movie that claims to be for kids. Um, so I think little kids will be scared shitless in that scene. And the, I think it's great that later on the kids kind of rise above their fear of these demon things and fight them. It kind of, you know, gives a kid like, yeah, we don't need to be afraid of something like that. But although you would in real life if it existed, <laughs> but it was a fun movie. I mean, is it fantastic or whatever? Like I didn't 
feel like seeing it again in the theater. I kind of want my wife to see it, but we'll wait for a video. But I thought it was great, and I bet that um, Shazam 2 will be even better. Uh, of course, Avengers Endgame just came out last week. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Had a great time. Although I did learn something. I should not see movies, three-hour movies, starting at 10.50 at night. During the regular weekdays, I go to sleep at 10 o'clock without fail. I'm like, you know, my wife is still up. My daughter is still awake at times. You know, I have to get to bed to wake them up in the morning to get them going. But, you know, Heather, she wants to get on their tablet and look at Twitter. And Emma, she's drawing or whatever. I'm like, you guys, you got to go to sleep. I'm going to sleep because I can't handle not getting enough sleep anymore. It makes me insane the next day. It makes me miserable. So, anyway... I programmed myself to go to sleep at 10 o'clock. And when the time comes, I get really sleepy. So anyway, I took a nap on Friday during the day. And I was like, I got to be wide awake for this Avengers thing. I can't wait to see this film. It's, you know, a, the it's the closing of the, the Avengers story. You know, it's, it's serious shit. I got to be wide awake. So at 10 o'clock, you know, I'm like, okay, we're going to go to the movie soon. And my body is like, shut down mode, starting 10, 9. And I'm like, no, 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 body, we're going to the movies. We're not going to go to sleep until like 3 a.m. tonight, body. What are you thinking? And it's like, does not compute, shut down mode. And I was like, holy shit. No, no, no. Wake up, wake up. So I got a Coke. Uh, I, and I got some Twizzlers. But once I was in the theater and I'm sitting there, I was like, I can't drink this. I can't eat this. It's it's my bedtime. It just, I, I couldn't do it. So uh, I sipped on my Coke a little bit, but my Twizzlers never opened them. Emma, she got some popcorn. So the movie starts, and I love the way the film starts. This is spoilers, by the way, if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame. Go see it if you like Marvel movies. If you don't, then don't go see it. It's a Marvel movie. <laughs> but, of course, I loved it. I love all the Marvel movies. Uh, really, I'm not very critical of them. I never have been. Even Thor The Dark World, I think, has some really fun parts. Even though some people like to not... I mean, some people don't like the movie, but... I had no real major criticisms of it. I love Thor Ragnarok. I loved Infinity War. I've seen th Infinity War three times. Saw it twice in the theater. Then I watched it a week ago. Still holds up. Still great. Still got choked up at that Spider-Man part at the end. Peter Parker. So I was ready for this. And I love the way it begins where, uh, you know, it's the aftermath of Thanos' snap. All these people are gone. And our heroes all feel like failures. And uh, some of them are trying to move on, you know. And first we have to worry about Tony Stark getting rescued. And apparently they created the Captain Marvel movie just so it would be plausible for Tony Stark to be saved from the deep reaches of space. <laughs> they needed somebody to get him home, I guess. And I, I enjoyed Captain Marvel, the film. But they seriously need to work on Carol Danvers' character. She doesn't have a lot of character yet. And you feel that in this film. I believe they filmed this before Captain Marvel actually was made into a movie. Before they had a script. So 
they don't do a lot with her character here. She's just kind of there, and she has powers, and she's a badass, but they don't really cover her thing. We just know she's busy in the far reaches of space. So I honestly think Captain Marvel 2, they will develop her character more, and that's great. Right now, she's just kind of there because they need somebody powerful to save Tony. They save Tony and Nebula, and that's great. Their scene playing with the paper football is fantastic. Um, and that kind of thing. So they get back. Tony's pissed because they failed. I, oh, it breaks my heart. The first thing he says to Captain America is, you know, to Steve Rogers is, I lost the kid. And you see Tony is so frail from living in space. Here's one thing that I thought was interesting about that. Um, isn't the ship they're on, does it have artificial gravity? So why is he losing this body mass by being stranded in space maybe I mean I don't know I'm not a scientist I don't know how it works but I have to go but I mean they're kicking a paper football and there's regular physics on the ship so wouldn't he retain his muscle mass or maybe he just doesn't have a lot of eat he's starving that's what it is okay okay I talked myself through that I'm not here to nitpick the film. I don't do that unless something really bothers me. There is one nitpick I had, and it's not even a nitpick. It's just I kind of thought it was strange um, because this movie involves time travel. And I'm not even hung up on the time travel aspects. I'm just hung up on one part that seemed awkward to me, and that is they talk about... Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, but I don't want to forget this and not bring it up again. There's a part where Nebula states that they've... They're back in the year 2000, whatever, 2000, uh, whenever Guardians of the Galaxy happened, 2016 or something like that. And uh, Thanos and Nebula and Gamora, like that version of Nebula that was still evil, is intercepting the transmission. And they're like, they're in the year 2000, you know, they're in the year 2019 or 2023 or whatever. But isn't the measurement of what year we're in uh, an Earth measurement? Like, not everyone in the galaxy is going by our measurement of time. You know what I mean? It would be like, you know, okay, right now it's 712 here in Texas. Also, on the planet Vormir, it's 712, funny, funny enough. That's just the way it works, but it doesn't work like that. It wouldn't work like that. So I thought it was funny that they were talking about a year of time when that should be a foreign concept to them because they live in a completely different galaxy or whatever. I know it's a stupid nitpick, but I just thought of that for a second. My brain, you know, it's kind of like when your brain tells you something's off, but you're not sure you understand. That's my brain was just going, huh, that's odd. It's kind of like in Terminator 2, when Arnold Schwarzenegger said, Cyberdyne Systems Model 101. When I, for a fact, know it's Cyberdyne Systems Model 101, because Kyle Reese said that in the original Terminator, and wouldn't a cyborg be precise in his wording and not pronounce the, the number zero as O? I, see, I told you, my brain's stupid. My brain called it out. <laughs> And it wasn't enough to bother me. By no means is Terminator 2. Um, it wasn't like, okay, I'm out on this movie. He just said O instead of zero, and he's a cyborg. It didn't bother me, honestly. I just kind of chuckled at it. 
So this is one of those kind of things. I know it's very silly and it has nothing to do with my reaction to Avengers Endgame. I thought Avengers Endgame was awesome and my main thing is I want to see it again. Because when you see it once, you know, there's things I'm bound to forget about. And I got to say right, right away, I thought it was so cool that Rocket was there, you know, and hanging out with them. And I love when Tony goes, until a second ago, I thought that was a Build-A-Bear. And Rocket says something like, maybe I am. Holy shit, Cheesecake Factory looks busy. What were we thinking? I'm never going to be able to get in there. They've got people waiting on benches. Luckily, I don't need to be seated. I just need to get in and get our food. But I just got to get close. Um, anyway, back to the Avengers in a second. Sorry, I just bumped my phone. Did not mean to do that. Um, I also saw the... I just wanted to... Oh, oh, here's a good spot. Got a good spot. This is a good spot. I don't actually have to go in there for a few minutes, so let me finish this real quick. Then I'll put it on pause and then record more as I'm leaving. Let me take a drink. I just wanted to say something else to everyone. Because recently the Star Wars Episode 9 The Rise of Skywalker trailer teaser came out. And uh, I was moved by it. I'm not kidding. I got teary-eyed just thinking about it. And I was kind of talking about it like, hey, Emma, you got to see this. And I was getting choked up. And I think it's maybe Leia's theme had a lot to do with it. But seeing Lando made me like, I was like, Lando! Like I yelled it out loud. I thought the trailer was amazing. But I saw people on Twitter kind of talking about, oh, God, again with the Star Wars. People in their Star Wars. Oh, stupid Star Wars. I can't wait till this is over so people don't talk about it. And it reminded it, it reminded me of me complaining about Game of Thrones. Now, here's the thing about Game of Thrones. I don't mind the show. I think the show's very well made. I think it's good. I was just getting tired of everyone referencing it all the time. Every sitcom I watch, every riff tracks, every mystery science theater, uh, mentioning Game of Thrones. And I realized that I sounded just like the asshole trolls on Twitter complaining about Star Wars people or just trolls in general. We all know they exist on social media. And I don't want to be that kind of asshole. Let people who enjoy things enjoy things. If people are super excited about these final six episodes of the Game of Thrones, let them. Let them enjoy it. And I am. I'm not going to get in anybody's way. I've watched each episode. I just watched the Battle of Winterfell. And you know, a lot of people were complaining about the darkness of the episode. I agree. It was too dark. I have, I have personally calibrated my TV the way I like it. And my wife is begging me, please, can we turn up the brightness? And I'm like, fine, we'll do it. And this hasn't happened since, uh, Twin Peaks, the return when she begged me to do it. So I have my settings recorded where I know what they are. So I went into the brightness, cranked them way up. And I said, how's this? And she goes way better. So we watched the episode from there on and it did help tremendously. And it was funny, you know, I don't read Twitter while I'm watching an episode. I wait till afterwards. And I saw that everyone was complaining about the brightness and that's just the thing you have to deal with. Like it's, we're not in movie theaters 
cinematographers. You gotta make sure we can see the shit that's on screen. And I thought that was a major fail, a failure by the creators of Game of Thrones and the cinematographer that, okay, it's going to be dark. You know, they're fighting at night, but compensate for that. There's been nighttime battles on that show before that we could see. The Battle of Blackwater was fantastic, and I don't believe people complained about black levels. Last time I saw people complaining about black levels was the movie Solo. They said it was too dark. And uh, it is for home viewing, but if you see it in Dolby Cinema, it's not. But I can understand that because it was made for movie theaters. This was not made for movie theaters. It's made for home viewing. Home box office. Hence the title. So yes, that episode was too dark. People, I agree with them if they complain. But just turn up your brightness on your TV and get over it. I did. <laughs> yes, it's a nuisance, but go ahead and do it. I know a lot of people don't care about the settings on their TV. Uh, but I don't know. I did it and I watched the episode. I thought it was good. But I think the problem is, a lot like the Star Wars prequels, is people envision the Battle of Winterfell in their heads and what it would be like when they finally fought the White Walkers. So when they finally did, although the episode was really intense, people are like, ah, I imagine something way better than that. And that's the problem with something like that. You know, you can't please everybody. I thought the outcome to the battle was uh, pretty cool. Who killed the Night King? Spoiler alert. I won't reveal it. I don't feel like spoiling it. I don't like to spoil things for people. You know, I already said there would be spoilers to my endgame talk. But I decided, you know, what are the chances everyone has seen endgame and also has seen uh, the Battle of Winterfell? I'm going to pause it right here and get my dinner. I'll be right back, people. Okay, I'm back. I've got the food, and it wasn't too bad. I only had to wait like a minute. I do think it's people that go in there. I think it's... Yeah. I do think it's... Shut up. I do think it's weird that people go in there on a Saturday, the busiest time, and just blindly wait in line to order cheesecake to go. But I guess if you just have a craving... Because they do have good cheesecake. I mean, it is the Cheesecake Factory. And shit, I... Oh, good. I do have my sunglasses. There we go. So anyway, I'm back, guys. Ready to talk about Avengers Endgame. I will say this. I did not have to pee during the film at all because, like I said, I drank very little. Uh, Emma had to get up at one point, and I was bummed for her, but she didn't miss much. Because the beginning of the film... First of all, I think it's awesome that they're so pissed they right away they go to visit Thanos to kill him because Nebula knows where he is because he always said he would retire to the garden. So they go there because they've detected that the Infinity Stones have been used again, the signature of when you use them, I guess. And Thanos is there and he looks effed up because he destroyed the stones and it almost killed him. Well, he's in no condition to fight, but he doesn't have much fight left in him, and Thor lops his head off. And, uh, 
they have no longer have the stones. There's nothing they could do to reverse what Thanos did. They're just screwed. They failed. Tony doesn't even go with them. Um, and that's it. Then it says five years later, which was amazing. And it opens up on Steve Rogers, who's still in a support group. It looks like he's leading a support group, which they we determined that he would go. Uh, he started going in Winter Soldier. That's where he met Sam. Remember the Falcon? He led a support group for veterans, I believe. It's been a while since I've seen that film, but it's one of my favorite Marvel films. I will have to rewatch it soon. I felt the hankering to rewatch that because it is fantastic. Can I just say something and? to the Russo brothers. They have made comic book action in these films. They know how to film action scenes. And from Winter Soldier on Civil War, they have brought this awesome gravitas to the Marvel films fighting scenes. And I love them. I don't know what they're going to do next, but uh, just thank you guys for the Russo brothers. I, I heard somebody talking on another podcast on how the Russo brothers may have never happened had Joss Whedon not gotten burned out. Joss Whedon may have directed the third Avengers. And we may not have have the Marvel Universe the way it is now if Joss Whedon hadn't gotten burned out and quit comic book movies altogether. And then eventually work, did something with Justice League, some kind of rewrite or something. But his signature doesn't feel like it's on that film much. It's a Zack Snyder film. But uh, thank God for the Russo brothers is all I'm trying to say here. I'm very thankful for the Russos because they did a great job. And the action in this, when it does finally get started, is pretty freaking awesome. Uh, Cut to five years later. uh, The greatest thing about it, Tony Stark and Pepper have had a daughter. And he's very happy with his life now. He's learned to accept things. He's a father. Uh... We get to see Hulk as Professor Hulk. Him and, you know, he's worked through a lot of shit with the Hulk persona. This mind of blind rage in his body. And he's become content with himself. He now has the mind of Bruce Banner and the body of Hulk. And he's hilarious, but he's also awesome because he kind of has figured his shit out. It's a humbling experience losing to Thanos and losing half the population of the planet And you can either fall an all-out depression or try to pull yourself back up and deal with it. Thor, he's got a major deal with this where he feels like a massive failure because he feels like he could have won it all for them and he blew it. He's kind of like that guy who misses the field goal at the Super Bowl, although people don't die because of that. (laughs) But you know what I mean. He's living with failure and he's a god and it's hard for him. And... I thought the Rockets line, you know, when we see Thor, Thor is out of shape. I've seen people way fatter than Chris Hemsworth looks in this. You know, like, oh, he's fat. It's like, he's out of shape. I'm not going to say he's fat. He's out of shape. Because I know what fat is. He's out of shape. (laughs) And Rocket says, you look like melted ice cream. And I thought that was a hilarious line. Now, since I've seen the film, I've seen people say that oh, this is wrong. They're fat-shaming Thor. While I don't feel that way, your feelings are valid, but I do not feel that way. I felt that Thor is in a deep, dark place. He's in a depression. He's in a funk. 
and he's drinking too much. He's eating too much. He's lost his care for anything. He's living with Korg. And what's the other guy with Korg? The little bug dude. I love that they live together and Korg is playing Fortnite. So funny. I've never had the problem with a problem with the humor in these movies. I know some people do. They're like, oh, does it have to be so jokey? And I'm like, I don't know what you're... I mean, I think it's perfect. I like the levity in these films. Because it's a serious subject, what they're dealing with, with the loss of these people. And there's great notes of seriousness and sadness, but there's also levity with jokes. We've known these characters for ten years now. It's okay to laugh, people. Thor... I don't feel like we're laughing at Thor. We're laughing at his dilemma because we freaking understand failure. We all do. I do. We understand failing. We understand not accomplishing what we thought we were going to accomplish. We understand depression. Uh, so I identify with Thor so much in this film. And I loved his character. And I love his arc in this. So, uh... People that didn't, that didn't get it, you know, that's unfortunate, but that shit happens. Sometimes you make a decision in a story and you're going to lose some audience. And they've lost some, I guess, but that's not my problem. I don't uh, But the, the best thing that happens is a rat happens to walk on the controls in the van from Ant-Man and the Wasp, where last we saw Scott, he got lost in the... Uh, shit what is it called the what zone the quantum realm and now he's been released uh, zapped out of it and he doesn't know what the hell happened he feels like he's been gone for five hours he's walking through a neighborhood and all this stuff and it's so depressing he realizes that the vanishing happened this event by the way there were these two numbskulls next to me these kids I think it was called The Vanishing or The Vanishment or something. And they were like, oh, The Vanishing. <laughs> it's just like, could you shut up? And, you know, a lot of people I've talked to, they say, yeah, we had a good time. It's a great movie. But, man, the people next to us, that's happened a lot. Like, the younger generation, you know, in my day, we were quiet theaters. No, that's never happened. But it just feels like everyone's there to entertain each other when they're in the theater. They're all, like, goofing and laughing and being chuckleheads. Well, I want them to shut the F up so I can watch the film. So, anyway, it didn't take me out of it that much, but I was distracted in parts because those idiots would not shut up. I didn't expect the movie to be so quiet in parts. I love the pacing of this film. I actually like how quiet it is because I feel like in uh, in Infinity War, we didn't get a lot of Captain America. We didn't get a lot of Steve Rogers. Because uh, they're busy telling the story of Thanos. I'm glad that we got to see some stuff in this. I love, you know, basically this is about time travel. And Scott figures out that time is different in the quantum realm. And they could actually go back in time, get the Infinity Stones, and undo what Thanos did. At first, you know, Tony doesn't believe him. But he figures it out that they can and the one thing he doesn't want to do is lose his daughter. He doesn't want to change the past and alter the future. And they have this great conversation where they're talking about, well, that's not the way it works. Just because you change something in the past, it won't affect our future like that. And they're like, what? Well, that's the way it is in Back to the Future. And uh, Paul Rudd has a great line. He's like, so Back to the Future is a bunch of bullshit? <laughs> it was so funny. There's some great lines in that, and i got to see the film more. And I'm running out of time because I'm going to get home soon, guys. But... I just had to put out something there for you guys to 
uh, I haven't done a podcast in a while. I'm going to get back to podcasting. I swear to God. But, I, you know, everyone's putting out their thoughts on Endgame. And I just want to put mine out that I thought it was awesome. I love the moments they give Steve Rogers. The fact that we get to see Peggy Carter again, I love it. I love the fan service. Some people think fan service is a bad thing. I don't. I loved it. I ate that shit up with a spoon. I love seeing Jarvis. The friggin' Jarvis uh, Darcy. What is that guy's name? From the Peggy Carter TV show. I watched every episode of that show. It's a great friggin' series. Seeing him in there just made my heart skip a beat. I was like, oh my god, that's Jarvis from the TV show. I love that Tony got to spend time with his dad, John Slattery. That was a wonderful moment. And, uh, you know, my brain was telling me at the same time, like, okay, Steve and Tony are doomed because they got these great moments. <laughs> and, uh, boy, do we get some great moments. That I, the stuff with Black Widow t- totally caught me off guard. I wasn't even thinking about her, what would happen to her character. So that was crazy. I guess Scarlett Johansson. You know, I started thinking, oh, maybe she just wants to do other things. She's done with these comic book movies. But aren't they working on a Black Widow movie? So that can't totally be true. I don't know. I know I'm forgetting stuff. Oh, it was great seeing the uh, the mystic, the ancient one from Doctor Strange and dealing with uh, Bruce Banner. She knocked him out of his body. Great stuff. I love the flashbacks to the other movies, the... They're back to Avengers. Hulk, he has to take the stairs. Although he could just jump out the window, couldn't he? <laughs> but that stuff was great. Oh, man, we got to see Loki again. So good. I love the film, guys. I love the movie. Uh, and I can't wait to see it again. I just want to geek out with somebody talking about this. Maybe I could record something with Steven very soon and we'll get more into it. But I just wanted to let you guys know what I'm up to. It's another recording in the car with Jason. Uh, I'll get around to seeing the film again. And uh, thank you all for listening, if you are. Uh, The ending of the film, fantastic. I gotta say, you know, there's different parts in the film where people clapped and they cheered and stuff. My part where I couldn't help myself, I don't do that. I don't, like, say something out loud often. When Peter Parker comes swinging through that portal, I went, yes! And I went like that. Oh, yes! I was, like, so ready for... Oh, God. I was taking it emotionally. It's like, Pete, he's back! Spider-Man's okay! Oh, God. that That'll sum up my feelings for this film. It was great. I got teary-eyed, looked over at Emma, tears streaming down her face. The Tony Stark stuff is so good, guys. That moment with Cap, Thor, and Tony fighting Thanos, and Thanos is kicking their ass. And then all of a sudden, Mjolnir. Oh, God, that whole moment. So good. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you soon, okay? This is the Jaystrom signing off, and you'll hear more from me soon. Peace out. I don't really ever say that, but (laughs) later, guys.
This is podcasting. 